that piece under your tongue that connects like your mouth? The frenulum. Sure. Um, yeah. You know when you like uh, when you like stretch it too much and it like gets sore. Yeah. So I was eating an ice cream sandwich earlier, and Vic asked me something. And then I like you know I I did that thing where you like press food to the bottom of your mouth so you can speak. Yeah. And when I did it, like I sort of something ripped or something. <laughs> With an ice cream fucking sandwich, dude. Yeah, just to, so I could what, speak. But I what was it like a shard of glass? <laughs> I don't know, man. But I swear that something like ripped. There was definitely blood. Really? <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Oh, you got a metallic taste. Yeah. A bit. Oh, that's disgusting. But anyways, now every time I like I talk too much, or if I like mm-hmm. open my mouth too wide while I'm talking, it definitely hurt. It, like stings. It's weird. Really? Yeah. That's weird. That's uh that's not Consulting a consulting with you story. since you're my physician, but you know. Yeah, yeah you'll be fine <laughs> in two days. Usually mucosa replace between like two and five days. You'll be fine. It's just like what the does? same thing when you mucosa, like when you burn your tongue or burn the oh, inside yeah. of your mouth with pizza it takes like two days that's what yeah. i assumed but yeah. you know my assumptions aren't as valid as yours well, what's going on everybody and welcome back to the hoops corner i'm your host peter tran and on the line our residential medical expert the banger in the paint rajan walia how you feeling you know what? I'm feeling quite sad that Josh isn't on the line, uh, but maybe he's just too busy basking in the sun's glory. Oh, man. You you got it right. Even though this was not the Chris Paul game. We're doing this right after game two, and Josh Cohen still MIA with on baby duty. I, I don't know how long this is going to last, man. We might actually lose him to Pat Lee for a full year at this rate. <laughs> you know what? I, I can't blame the dude. I can't blame the dude, but you know what? I know that either he's locked up in the house taking care of uh, the baby girl or he's making his trek all the way to Phoenix to celebrate with Chris Paul. He's going to be that with the Sons and Four guy. Instead of Jamal Murray, <laughs> you're going to see a picture of Josh and Sons and Four guy. Yeah. <laughs> and the stroller in the back. Exactly. Exactly. Soaking in the sun. <laughs> so we're doing this after game two. Big reaction. And... Uh, you know, uh, uh, let's just start it, let's start it with this. Giannis was absolutely incredible. 20 points in the third quarter. He ended with 40-something, right? I think 43, 44, 42. My bad. 42 points. Still not enough to carry the Bucks to a win. The Bucks lose uh, 118 to 108 to the Suns. Suns go up 2-0. They won their two home games like they're supposed to. You know, all those cliches. And... Really, the Suns were carried by Devin Booker in this game, right? Uh, a guy who, in game one, couldn't really hit his outside shots. We didn't really see Booker taking over. That was a Chris Paul game. And then it's like they just reversed course this time. This time it was Chris Paul letting Devin Booker do whatever he wants. And you know, Booker hit some insane shots to keep the Bucks off off his tail. Yeah, this was incredible. Like, also, just the way the Suns played, and they managed the early run by Milwaukee. Um, Milwaukee came out. They had a point to prove. Giannis, second game back, probably had a lot more confidence in his knee. And they were kind of taking control in the first two halves. And 
Um, just near the second uh, end of the second, Phoenix really put their foot down and uh, were able to really kind of take the the buck by the horns. Um, and honestly, I, I think Devin Booker obviously had the best game out of the Suns, but they had some balanced scoring. I think uh, Miles Bridges ended up with 27 points. Chris Paul had a, a solid 23. And um, Aiton, who's been so consistent, had uh, 10 points. But you know what? Um, they got the W, so that's all that matters. Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail, Miles is Mikhail. in Charlotte. Probably on a golf course or in Cancun or, you know, somewhere. Definitely not in the finals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I just had to take my shots. And, yo, my boy, Tori Craig, goes down with an injury. Apparently, it it hurts a lot when you get run over by a train. That's... <laughs> That's all I got, man. Yeah, he that's... hit a couple of big threes. He put some good defense, but when the Giannis train comes rolling through, boy, you you just get out the way. You got to make the business decision. That... Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Like he picked up the charge, and it ended up obviously being the maybe a bit of a controversial call, but uh, I think he may have gotten an MCL sprain just the way like kind of the injury went down. Uh, hit the inner part of his knee and uh, got his foot a little trapped under Giannis. But speaking of Tory Craig, I actually want to talk about like some X's and O's just for our good old buddy Josh. Um, <laughs> late in the fourth quarter, Milwaukee was making some small runs. They were trying to get the lead down on, under five, and uh, Phoenix and especially Booker were always able to respond. And what they kept doing was getting Pat Connaughton in some isolation. And, uh, and again, no, nothing against Pat Connaughton. I think he had a, a fine game by his measures, but this is the game that they needed a player like Torrey Craig, like a guy who can be reliable on defense, not get picked on or exploited, can stretch the floor and give some spacing like Pat Connaughton did this game. Um, and, uh, I, I think obviously if they had a Torrey Craig in that role, I think they would have had a better chance to win the game because Phoenix was literally just whoever was, um, on Pat Connaughton, they were just bringing him up, setting the pick, getting the switch, and either Booker or Paul were going at Pat Connaughton for easy buckets. Tory Craig, who they had earlier this season on their roster, right? Cut Tory Craig. This guy signed like close to a minimum deal with this team, and they cut him. I think it was like for three million or six million, like something small, man. Like those those kind of contracts aren't big. And you basically sign, like, let go of one of the better 3 and D players in the league. I'm not saying Torrey Craig is a knockdown shooter. But if you give him an open look, the guy can shoot. And he's a hell of a defender. Right? And I, I love the irony that he's gone to Phoenix. He's, he's having some good games against them. It's, it's just perfect. In, in Milwaukee's defense, though, I know, like... Uh, I mean, it's easy to pick on Pat Connaughton. Obviously, because you know it was either Booker or Paul, just making sure that switch happened so they could get him on them, right? But who else are they gonna play? Like, would you have just played Brook Lopez and just gone like stayed big the whole time instead of going small ball? Because basically, Connaughton's your only option if you want to go small. Yeah, like I, I think the the other option again would have been Dante, and it's not that Dante would have been a, a much better like defender in that situation, but I think he's a bit better uh, on the ball than uh, Pat Connaughton is. And he has a bit more lateral quickness, um, maybe to guard someone like Chris Paul. Um, but ultimately this Bucks team that has historically been so deep, um, they're just missing kind of 
that one guy off the bench. I'm sorry, but Jeff Teague um, is not providing <laughs> anything on offense. Um, I'm surprised that oh, he's man. playing um, 12 minutes in the finals. This is a washed-up Jeff Teague that Boston did not want, and Boston needed someone um, to give Kemba's minutes to. So like that just shows you the quality of player he is. And he, he obviously before was a good player, but... I think he's a bit past his prime. And the fact that Pat Connaughton off the bench paid, played 33 minutes as a sixth man um, just shows that really Milwaukee was running six deep and uh, they still weren't able to get it done. So I don't know about you, but Phoenix gets one win in Milwaukee. They look like they're going to close it out in five. That would yeah. be over. Uh, can we talk about Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday? Together they were 12 of... Let me see. What's 16 plus 30 plus 21? 37? 12 of 37 from the field. We're looking at Chris Middleton shooting one for six from the three and Drew Holiday shooting one for three from the three. Uh, I, I, I love Drew Holiday. I don't want to bash on the guy. He's still the team's best defender other than Giannis, obviously, and probably P.J. Tucker. I'd say they're on the same tier. Drew Holiday's an incredible defender. That being said, if he's going to go out there and shoot 33%, same thing with Chris Middleton. If you're going to go out there and shoot 33%, this team has absolutely no chance to win. Right? Like, Giannis put up 42 today and 12. Right? Three blocks. He shot 15 of 22 from the field. He hit his free throws. Okay? Low-key, I think the fans that counting 1-2-3 for him actually helps him with his free throw rhythm. But besides the point, he was hitting free throws at, like, a decent mark. And through all of that, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, like, laying a stinker, each of them, man. I mean, Holiday ended up having 17 points, but on a lot of field goal attempts. Middleton had 11. In the in the finals, man, you're the second best player on the team, and you're dropping 11 points? Come on. Yeah, and oh, this is kind of classic Chris Middleton. I think when he has his good games, people are like, yes, he can be a number two. But then there's always at least 50% of the games in the series where he just doesn't perform at not even like the peak level, like the minimum that you want from a second option, like a, a 22 points um, with like seven or eight rebounds, a few assists and having some contribution on, on defense. But um, obviously this is not going to cut it. And I, I think ultimately what it comes down to, and I, I, I'm not going to dare say that Milwaukee plays better with, without Giannis it's just I think the spacing is better when Giannis isn't on the court because what ultimately happens is when Giannis is on the court especially with Brooke Lopez it really removes the threat of going to the rim for both Drew and Chris so defenders can play a lot tighter to them they don't have to worry about Chris getting by them for a drive um, and it's really easy for teams to kind of like pack the paint a little as well um, so I, I think what Drew, uh, not Drew, um, Bud needs to do is, uh, <laughs> Drew, Drew's been okay. I think he's done his part. Um, but I think what Bud needs to do is they need to get more offense going with Chris Middleton being one of the primary decision makers early in the clock instead of bailing yeah. them out on offense. And I like that. Uh, again, I, I think, yeah, I think the problem is there's too much. And again, Giannis played so well, but there's too much reliance on Giannis getting the ball 
at the top of the key and making decisions for this offense. And ultimately, Giannis is not a playmaker. He's not going to put your teammates in great positions to score, ultimately. Like, he might get some a few assists here and there, but um, you need Chris Middleton to make the primary decisions or Drew Holiday. And at, and at the same time, you need them to be able to attack the rim. So that's a spacing issue. I think they, that's why they played Pat Connaughton a lot more, gave them a lot more flexibility on offense and uh, more lanes and more spacing. But, um, man, Phoenix, I, I honestly, I, I think this even surprised Josh how well they've played. <laughs> Man, one of the uh, one of the things I noticed the most was every time Booker had Middleton on him down the stretch, Booker just went in his face every time. Like I don't know if you remember this. Uh, midway through the third quarter, Milwaukee was making a little run. Booker gets a ball in the corner, literally just held it for like five seconds, and then just Jimmy did right in Middleton's face. Like no hesitation, no not no not like being scared of Middleton's length. It's just like, I'm going to elevate right over you. I'm going to drop this in your face. Like, that's how little intimidation Chris Middleton has on defense. Right? Like, it's actually really sad that it's come to that. Every time Booker had Middleton on him, like, it was either that or he just zoomed by him for, like, a little mid-ranger. Devin Booker and Chris Paul, two of the best mid-range shooters we have in the league. Right? So, obviously, they're going to get to their to their spots at, you know, at their own whim whenever they want. It's... Uh, I don't know, man. It's going to be tough for for Milwaukee to even come back at this point. It was interesting that in the first half we saw a lot of PJ Tucker covering Chris Paul. Like that was that was the big Bud matchup or uh, you know change that we saw. And then and then in the second half it was PJ Tucker on Devin Booker, right? So you put your best defender on the perimeter player that's hot. Makes sense. Put PJ Tucker on him, and the first few possessions Devin Booker couldn't. Couldn't create his own shot, right? Like Tucker was all in his face, and Booker tried to get by him, tried to like you know do his crossovers to create some space, but couldn't get anything going. And then as soon as Phoenix realized this, I think this is like a lot of what Chris Paul brings to the table. Made that switch happen instantly, no matter what, right? Like as soon as it happened, you saw Chris Paul bring his man over. I guess they prefer having Drew Holiday on Devin Booker as opposed to Chris Paul or whoever's hot. And, you know, you just let them go to work. But if Milwaukee's going to keep switching, if their guys, granted today was a little bit better in that Tucker and uh, Holiday were sticking to their man a little bit more. But if the switching continues, then I don't know, man. I don't see what you can do in Milwaukee. Yeah, I think ultimately, like you you brought up a great point of how Milwaukee just kind of switches everything. And um, again, they, they don't have the same small forward and uh, small ball four uh, that Phoenix does. Because with Mikhail Bridges and Jay Crowder, you have athletic players who can cover positions really one through four. Um, so you don't have to worry about switches there. I, I think what like ultimately Milwaukee has to do is two things. I think they have to control the glass. Phoenix got way too many second chance points. Um, and for Milwaukee, who's been generally a very long team, they've done well on the boards historically in the past couple of seasons. They have to control the boards. No second chance points. No cleanup for DeAndre uh, Aiden. Um, and the next thing, too, is you think that they should keep um, Tucker on Booker. I personally think that um, putting length on Chris Paul is the better option, and I think keeping uh, Drew Holiday 
on uh, Devin Booker is probably the better option because ultimately if Devin Booker doesn't score like 25 points, um, which is, again, hard to do, I I think the Suns will actually struggle to win the game because, again, they don't have much bench scoring either. Um, So I I think you put your best defender in. It has to be Drew Holiday uh, on Devin Booker, and I think you can keep up with him. And the great thing is if there's ever a switch, you can switch on to Chris Paul. It's never like Dre Crowder is going to ask for that switch. (laughs) Yeah, and even then, if that's the case, then you have Mikhail Bridges on him. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think it's one of those situations where I can go game by game. And, like, honestly, I would even switch it up, like, by possession. Like, if P.J. Tucker is, is on one side of the floor, instead of having to run back to the other side, you know, just, like, Drew pick up real quick. Right? Like, as long as one of those two guys are covering Chris Paul and, uh, and Devin Booker, I think that's their best option. Because no way in hell you want Pat mm-hmm. Connaughton covering either of those guys, right? Or Chris Middleton, yeah. for that matter. Chris Middleton is good. He's a he's a lengthy defender, but he's a little bit slow. He's a little bit subpar, but de- like he's a mediocre defender. He's nothing special, right? Mm-hmm. I want either Tucker or Drew on these guys just to be a pest, basically. And then yeah, no. yeah. The the other issue is that even if they go small, like say. You know, we saw this down the stretch where Phoenix had like three or four offensive rebounds on one possession, and then it happened again on the next possession. It's going to keep happening if you go small, right? If Giannis is your only big man, and then no one else is able to crash the boards with you, like Middleton's not a good defender. P.J. Tucker, as you know, as strong, as, strong, as solidly built as he is, he's short. He doesn't have the kind of length or the height that that guys like DeAndre Ayton or Mikael Bridges to compare someone to his size have. So, I mean, if you're going to keep running small ball, you're going to be out-rebounded no matter what. It's just the way it is. And that's the that's the price you're going to have to pay. It's it's going to be tough. I don't know if... I wouldn't stick with it. I would like to go big and to say, hey, like, we're going to keep hammering the paint. Especially when your shots aren't dropping. I would just, I would just put Brooke back in there and just hammer it inside as much as you can. Yeah, I think another thing too is obviously DeAndre did a great job on Jokic in the last, uh, the second round, and um, he's actually had a, a great playoffs. But I think you have to give Brook Lopez the ball a bit more. Like obviously, uh, he shot the ball um, ten times this past game, and uh, he didn't shoot horribly. He didn't have a great game, but I think you just have to give him the ball because it it kind of puts a bit more pressure on. Um, Aiton to to stick to Lopez. He can't be roaming. He can't be potentially shot blocking. And uh, ultimately, Lopez I think kind of suffers from Giannis going to the rim a lot. And and that's I think Milwaukee's biggest struggle is just the spacing. Um, because honestly, Phoenix is like the team that's built to beat Milwaukee. Um, they have four really agile, mobile players who can play. I would say mediocre to good defense and then you have deandre Ayton, who's kind of your big who's versatile as well yeah i understand what you're saying about like you know wanting to you know figure out spacing issues right like sorry um it's something that milwaukee's had all year right like they're one of the best three-point shooting teams that's just the way it is but that being said if if you're given the paint like they were in the first quarter we saw it happen Literally as soon as tip-off happened, right? Like, first possession down, Drew Holiday attacked the basket. Or, uh, sorry, Giannis attacked the basket. Second possession down, 
Drew Holiday attacked the basket. Drew was so aggressive to start this game. That's what they need, right? Like, they just need to keep going into the paint at, at all costs. Because that's where their bread is buttered. Right? Like, Brooke Lopez, and until like three years ago, didn't really shoot threes. He still has that paint that paint game somewhere, like, in his mind, right? You just gotta get him back to it. The guy's talented. He knows how to body people. He's like seven foot one or seven feet tall, and he's huge. You're telling me that Jay Crowder is gonna be an issue for him? Come on, man. Just body him. Is it that hard? Yeah. Uh, like, ultimately, I think Phoenix has, like, they did their job. They literally have to go in with the mindset of, hey, no pressure on us. We win one game in Milwaukee, and we have a like we have a stranglehold on the series. And like Milwaukee's 100%. been in a tough position. Yeah, Milwaukee's been in a tough position before. We'll see what Milwaukee shows up at home. the The only thing that really is going for them is this is Giannis's third game back. Um, you had a stinker by your second and third best players, uh, and you were still. I would say pretty close in the game. Like you ended up losing by what, 10 points or so. Um, but ultimately Phoenix also didn't have a great game from uh, DeAndre Ayton. So you can expect him to be a bit better and probably a, a bit quieter of a game from Mikel Bridges. And um, honestly, you don't expect Booker to shoot like 66% from three. <laughs> but um, ultimately, I, I think it'll be a close game. Um I, I still think the Suns are in a killer position, and I, I just hate to say it, Josh, but you know what? Chris Paul has has been the game changer for the Suns team, but um, they're well built, and it's nice to see what looks like it's going to be another champion, uh, and that might be the next time we talk. We might have to be uh, kissing Josh's feet. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, well, I was going to ask you how you think it, the rest of the series is going to go, but uh, it sounds like you're on that Phoenix wagon now. I mean, it's hard not to see them just piling through this Milwaukee team at this point. Hey, yeah, I'm all about the Valley, man. I'm all about the Valley. <laughs> the Phoenix Valley, the Ottawa Valley, it's all the same, right? Yeah, I'm a it's man of valleys, Ottawa? man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I. You think... Okay, I guess more of an interesting question is how many games does it really go? Because the, there's no way it's a sweep. Five? You think it goes five games? Yeah, yeah I think what will probably ideal, happen right? is... Yeah, like Phoenix wins at home. Um, I think likely... I think Milwaukee's going to win like a nail-biter of a game um, in game uh, three. And then I think the Suns are going to be able to just like put together a good game like kind of a, a game similar to today where they have good distributed scoring and uh I again I don't expect Giannis to get 40 points shooting like 65 percent from the free throw line again um which again it's it's sad to hear that's a great free throw game for him but uh hey man if honestly the I, keep, I, if they keep counting for him and giving him his rhythm he's gonna shoot better than 60 I guarantee it I think it's I think it's helped him a lot having these people count the numbers for him. Mm-hmm. But but just one other point to to harp on. Guess how many free throws the rest of the Bucks shot? Number of free throws they shot um, in this game. How many? How many did Giannis have? Like eighteen. Yeah. I'm gonna say they shot. I know Drew shot two and Connaughton shot two, so I'm gonna say four. 
Wow. You know what? Uh, Drew shot three. I think he had an and one. So Damn. he did. You're um, right. It was, yeah, it was a five. And and honestly, this game, the the, the wow, Suns combined. So yeah, yeah, the Suns combined only shot. Uh, um, what's it called? Fourteen. So um, it just shows that this game was not ref. Well, it wasn't uh, tightly ref. They were letting them play and. Honestly, this Milwaukee has to have more free throws from Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Like that's unacceptable. You know what? It would be better for Milwaukee to have more free throws if they actually attack the rim, right? Or it'd be easier for them to have more free throws if they attack the rim. But Chris Middleton exactly. was not attacking whatsoever. Drew Holiday got to the rim and avoided contact every time, right? Like he would try to finesse around guys. I don't know if you saw this, but I was yelling at the TV the whole time. Like he had these little lefty layups. And it, tried to, it looked like he was just trying to finesse them in all the time. Like, hey, don't just go up. Like, what the hell? You're yeah, already there. The, you already did all this work to get to the rim. Just go up. God damn. Yet, there was this one time where uh, I think Chris Paul pulled the chair on him and he missed that layup. Um, that was like a bunny. And you're like, this is just not his day. Yeah. Like, he was so aggressive, too. I, like, I, I was so hyped seeing Drew Holiday coming out that aggressively. I love it. I love that kind of game in him, but if I mean if your shots aren't hit dropping, if if you can hit layups, man, it's gonna be a long night for you, my friend. Yeah. So and uh, one other thing, one other thing, yeah. I just got hate on Bud for our weekly Bud hating. Um, <laughs> if you look at the rest of the Suns players um, who played significant minutes, I'm not counting Frank Kaminsky, sorry, but uh, Cameron Payne uh, pay, played ten minutes. Just ten minutes. Uh, Craig played seven minutes, although he was injured in the late in the second half. And Cameron Johnson had a team high off the bench, eighteen minutes. Okay, um, that means pretty much the rest of the Phoenix Suns were playing on average like forty minutes or so, forty to forty-two minutes. And Milwaukee, on the other hand, um, like again, Bud, you got it. I'm sorry, but you like obviously not Giannis, but you got to be playing Drew more than he wasn't in foul trouble um you got to be playing with him more than 39 minutes i'm sorry and uh same thing even with chris middleton um like he's playing 41 like i probably can extend him a few more minutes and even pj tucker played 35 like no offense but if you're playing jeff teague 12 minutes and pat Connaughton 33 you're gonna lose this series yeah pretty much i mean pat Connaughton was a minus 14 yeah but he was the only guy who could shoot threes. But like, what are you gonna do down the stretch, right? You just gotta play PJ Tucker more until like, <laughs> he played in. Uh, he played under D'Antoni, right? Like, yeah. not he's not no Tom Timido, but he he's played thirty five plus minutes. He's played f- like forty minute games. Yeah, and he likes it. I think he enjoys it. Um, you you gotta just keep playing him. I think they're too cautious. Like, what are you saving PJ Tucker for? Twenty twenty six. Yeah. I don't know, man. The Bucks are—they're uh, a mess. I heard a—I heard on a radio show or another podcast that the best adjustments Bud has been making is having other teams' best players get injured. Between KD, <laughs> it's, it's Harden, Kyrie, it. Trey—like everything's just getting hurt for them. The best—the uh, best option yeah. now is to have like Chris Paul get hurt, basically. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think on that note, I think we can call it here, right? Anything else you want to hate on anybody else on the Bucks while you're at it? 
Hey, we'll, we'll get to the Rachel Nichols, Jimmy Butler talk in the <laughs> offseason. We'll leave that for cooler talk. <laughs> that's, whew, that's, that's quite a story on its own. I, I can't wait to dig in deep into that. <laughs> yeah, but, deep dive. Yeah, no kidding, man. And all that that's all the time we've got for this week. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Leave us those five stars and those comments. Even though we're not doing these every week right now, it seems that, you know, the schedule's a little, t- are a little tough to work with, Raj. I won't lie. It's, it's quite a time having a little bit of freedom in Ontario in the summer. What a crazy <laughs> world we're living in. My yeah, goodness. this is uh, this is something else. Well, you know, you're turning into the wild west of Quebec. But honestly, I, I think uh, the next time we chat, we're gonna have a new NBA champion, and uh, this crazy COVID season um, is gonna come to an end. And hopefully, we get our buddy back in Josh. Yeah, let's pull him off that pat leave. And remember, <laughs> please send us DMs complaining that Josh is still on pat leave. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Hoops Corner Pod. And until next time, peace.